thanks for tuning in to Daft Picks for our first official episode. This week, I'm flanked by our producer Parker in studio. Hello. And on the lines, we have friends of the show, Jim. Hey, yo. Aaron and... Yo, yo. <laughs> Aaron and... What's <laughs> <laughs> And Dylan. What's up? Today, we got a lot of great topics to talk about. We have the Barclays Premier League, the relegation odds, as well as the EFL Championship promotion odds. We're going to give our way too early MLB predictions, plus where might Bryce and Manny go, and Mariana Rivera's unanimous Hall of Fame ballot. Um, before we get into the show today, though, we would like to take a moment to reflect on the difficult situation involving missing Cardiff City player Emiliano Sala. As some of you may or may not know, a plane carrying Salah and the pilot were missing on the 21st during a return flight from France where Salah had left after bidding farewell to his former club Nantes. We offer our thoughts at this difficult time. The Cardiff City supporters have shown extraordinary grace in recent days, including a sign outside the club grounds that reads, We never saw you play and never saw you score. Emiliano, our beautiful bluebird, we will love you forevermore. Once again, we stand in solidarity with the family, friends, teammates, and supporters of Cardiff, Nantes, and Salah. So with that out of the way, a little bit of a sad note to start the show, we're going to get right into the Barclays Premier League odds. Now I know most of the people on the show right now are not huge football fans, footy fans if you will. Uh, I know Aaron, you know a little bit about soccer, right? Yeah, a little bit. So uh, as you see, the relegation odds this year are, I mean, they're, they're not crazy like out there, if you will. Right now, Huddersfield, Fulham, and Cardiff City are the bottom three as of uh, when I took down the stats, which is on the 20th. And in the EFL, Leeds United and Norwich are leading the EFL. So those are the two promotional potential teams. And, of course, the, the previous two that I read off are the relegations. Uh, of course, Cardiff City we just talked about um, with Emiliano Sala, unfortunately. They're having a bit of a rough go. Fulham have not lived to expectations when they were promoted. And, of course, Huddersfield is always a up-and-down candidate. Before we get too far off of this, uh, the one thing I wanted to note this show was the last time any of these teams were promoted to the BPL, prior to the season, of course. Huddersfield Town was last promoted in 1972. Fulham, of course, was in 2017. Um, Cardiff City, a 52-year absence. They haven't been in the BPL since 1961 prior to this season, which I think, I mean, even if you don't really follow the sport, that's pretty, pretty crazy, right? It's impressive, yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, Leeds and Norwich both were in 03. The one interesting thing about Leeds is, of course, uh, the last time they were up, their ownership sort of sold off and bought big for the what they call the Champions League, which is essentially the best of the best tournament. And unfortunately for them, that kind of cost them financially, and they ended up having a very long downslide. I think they went as far as like the EFL 3 for a while there. So Leeds is definitely back. Hopefully they get promoted this next season. I guess we'll see. Uh, to the chagrin of everybody here, we'll move on from that. But I uh, just thought I'd get to that this show. Thought it'd be an interesting topic. We're going to get right into the World Junior thoughts. What did you guys all think about the World Juniors this year for hockey? Parker? It was pretty impressive. Yeah, definitely interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was a good, uh, a good amount of action in all of the rounds, actually. Of course, um, we saw USA lost to Sweden, which, I mean, it's good to see two countries that aren't normally the top th- top three usually kind of uh, finish out there. It was obviously a good game, and uh, sorry, Aaron, that uh, Canada finished sixth. So, I mean, I'm not sorry for you, Aaron, <laughs> but that's just, you know. <laughs> I don't think many people are. You know what? I'm not even sorry for me either. It's okay. Have you guys seen the uh, the brackets for next year? Uh, yes. 
I have not. Um, yeah, the powerhouse so yeah, bracket. Yeah. So bracket one, which is Group A, is Finland, Switzerland, Sweden, Slovakia, and Kazakhstan, also known as the yeah. Cakewalk Division. And then Group yeah. B is USA, Russia, Canada, Czech Republic, and Germany. <laughs> Poor Germany. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. That's Group B is just wow. That's murderers raw, right there. Yeah, that's rough. I mean, what do you even say about that? I don't know who's in charge of that, but that needs to be <laughs> fixed. <laughs> something needs to, yeah, something yeah. needs to happen. That's there. almost kind of like just, the I just have bracket. a feeling they're going to go a through bit, like yeah. the first round or two, and uh, they're going to realize that uh, this probably was a bad idea to put the powerhouse teams <laughs> in all in one. Literally. Yeah, I'm not really sure what they're thinking. I mean, obviously getting to see USA and Canada play off in the first round is going to be cool, but one of those, uh, actually, I guess, how many teams uh, knocked out the first round? Like two or three, right? So at least two of those teams are gone. I mean, I guess yep. the interesting thing with that is that you're not guaranteed a final of, like, uh, Canada and Russia. Right. At least, yeah. like, it sort of diversifies what the final could be as opposed to the same two or three making it. Can't wait for that absolute showtime that's going to be Germany and Kazakhstan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't Deutschland, even name a single probably. player from Kazakhstan. 38 nothing Germany? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. Um, so that, that kind of helps to segue a little bit into the draft talk. So uh, I don't know if anybody here has really taken a look at the mock draft for this year. Of course, Jack Hughes is slated to go number one, although his stock has, mm-hmm. I won't say fallen, but it's definitely dipped a little bit in the past couple months. I wouldn't Can, say his stock has fallen, but I'd say Capo Caco's stock has risen. Up. Yeah, yeah, yep. big time. He, he, he had a ridiculous tournament with Finland, and I mean, he looks ready. Parker, any thoughts on that over there? You seem like you're interested. Yeah, I'm just taking a look at the uh, prospects right now because I, I don't really follow the draft too much. But, yeah, Capo Ka- Caco stocks definitely risen <laughs> quite a bit from where it used to be. Yeah, I mean, he, as far as I can remember, he was always like a top five projection. But, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, don't, I still don't think he's going to edge Jack Hughes out. We have this argument every year. Even during the McDavid year, there was some columnists who wrongly said Eichel could go first overall, which was crazy, but we, we always have this happen whenever there's a, even a slightly close draft. Of course, they're going to be the two best players, arguably, in the draft, so uh, you know, yeah. there's going to be some, some Levi. You think there's a chance Tampa drafts Nolan Foot to pair him with his brother? Uh, who's his brother, Colin Foot? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Colin maybe... Foot, yeah. um, I see, no, the thing about Nolan Foot is... Because I'm looking at it right now, Nolan Foot is a uh, back half of the first round uh, prospect, and that's somewhere where Tampa's going to be drafting. I mean, he's kind of a comparable to a guy like uh, Owen Nolan, if you will. He's, he's kind of a big guy, sort of plays um, what they like to refer to as a big man's game in, in the juniors. I, I couldn't even tell you where he plays right now. I believe his brother played for Kelowna. I don't know if he plays in the same yeah. place. Yeah, he does. Nolan yeah. plays for them, too. Kelowna. Yeah. Um, so as, as far as that goes, I mean, Colum was always, to my knowledge, at least more always highly touted. I mean, defensemen, when, when you go that high in the draft, obviously there's something special because defense often get overlooked for forwards. Mm-hmm. But Nolan Foote, he, he projects more to be like a high end. If he hits it, Blake Wheeler, low end, maybe somebody like, uh, I don't know, Jakub Voracek, kind of a bigger power forward kind of guy. He, I mean, he knows both of the ice. I wouldn't go as to say he would be a Voracek because you got to think Voracek's also very good. So there really is no low end version of of Voracek. Mm-hmm. I guess that is true. I, I don't know if that says more about 
Noel Foot, though, I mean, he definitely does have a high ceiling. It's just, will he hit it? You know, that's any power forward now, you know. Um, now it's it's kind of transitioned the past decade in hockey. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you look for maybe a lower-end power forward, I would think anywhere from the sorts of, like, uh, like kind of a Matt Martin kind of deal where you're just out there to kind of, you know, instill pain, but you're still producing minimalistic stats at a certain point, you know. I think the best version of like a low end power forward is uh, Dustin Brown, like think circa 2010 LA Kings. Like he was just a menace to play against. Yeah. Yeah. And right now that's uh, William Carrier with the. uh, Yeah, he's been lights out for Vegas. I I mean, a very, very, very under the radar player, but like he's been. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, Buffalo prospect that we (laughs) trade away, of course. Shocking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at a lot of the other prospects, and there's a lot of. High-end prospects from the U.S. development team. Well, one of those guys is Spencer Knight. I don't know if you see him there. He's a goaltender. Uh, he's, no, he's not in the top 31. No, really? Because he, I know he, the, he no. in, he's 39th ranked. Okay, because I know he, he's ranked? potentially our, our best goaltending prospect coming through. Because yeah, I see, uh, mm. I see Alex Turcote. Well, is uh, he a winger? Is he what is he? Turcote. He's a center. Center. Okay. Yeah, I heard a little bit about him yep. um, from the draft experts. Right after the World Juniors, they're talking about he could potentially be uh, the next big guy. You know. Then there's there's Cam York. He's a defenseman. Mm. I, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I haven't read too much up on this draft class, unfortunately, but it, it looks pretty good skill wise. Yeah, it's really interesting seeing a lot of uh, American players on there because really, you haven't really seen too much of that. Like, I mean, aside from uh, Patrick Kane. And uh, like yeah, quick, there hasn't really been too many so. superstar American players. Like they all come from Sweden, and Canada, time. and Russia. Right. I, I think like Jack Eichel and Austin Matthews are like the the two big ones right now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. As of recent years, yeah. Yeah, obviously. I mean, and, and you look at uh, potentially what is it twenty twenty two? I believe is the next Olympics potentially, or for the winter, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. So. I mean, it makes you wonder, will Pat Kane, will Blake Wheeler, will any of those guys be there for Team USA next time? I mean, Zach Parise is obviously not going to be. He's very injury-prone, unfortunately. Oh, oh that breaks my heart because mm-hmm. I love Zach Parise. I mean, th- there's a lot of players in the next Olympics that aren't going to be there, and I think some of these young guys could take their place. I mean, hopefully. Yeah. The league is a lot younger nowadays. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's for, for sure. sure. Yeah, it's... It's a lot younger, and it's also a lot faster now. That's why we're seeing a lot of the powerhouses of the mid-late 2000s, like the Kings and Blackhawks, just fizzle out. Not even close to competitive anymore. I mean, and that's the thing, to get a little bit back towards, um, when we're talking about Noel Foot, like Power Forge traditionally, the league in the past 10 years has evolved so much from a big man's league to a sort of a small guy. Like, if you think, not that long ago, Martin St. Louis almost didn't make the NHL mm-hmm. because he was too small. And now you guys like Johnny yep. Gaudreau and... Mm-hmm. I mean, Grimaldi. Right, yeah, I rocked Grimaldi to a lower extent. You know, guys who are like under 5'8 who are, you know, good, you know? Yeah, uh, Braden yeah. Point. But even, even, think about, even to touch on that Johnson. quickly, when Johnny Gaudreau was drafted, he also wasn't expected to make such a big impact in this league, and he definitely nope. wasn't too long ago. Right. They still said he was too small. Mm-hmm. I think there's still people who look down on him. You know, I, I, there's an argument to me that Johnny Gaudreau is a top five hockey player, at least this season. He, I mean, oh, he's, yeah, of course. he's yeah. got the best hands in the NHL potentially. I mean, he just won the, the challenge last night for the hands, right? At the yep. NHL All-Star game. Second year in a row. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it looks like Pavel Datsuk out there. Yeah. Hey, hey uh, quick segue. Hey, I, <laughs> I know we don't have this on the board, but 
Uh, I saw this the other day. Pavel Datsuk was interviewed, and he did not rule out a return to the NHL. It's pretty crazy, yep. right? Yep. Yeah, he's definitely could, a guy about the age 40 that could still play. I mean, definitely. think about it. You know, uh, what's his face? Kovalchuk. Just came back. Yeah, and Kovalchuk came back, so. I can't wait till the LA Kings give him a $10 million deal. It's going to be great. Right. <laughs> $10 million, 10 years. Yeah. Well, hold on, Berto, real quick. Uh, if we're going to talk about, you know, horrible, horrible contracts and everything else, Shirelli, what about that? Yeah. I, I was just going to bring that up. Um, what do you guys think <laughs> about that? The dumpster fire that is Edmonton right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, think about it. Like, and, and let me ask, do you guys think it was right that he was given authority over this Miko Koskinen deal? I'm not saying it's a knock on Miko Koskinen, but, like, why was he giving the option I, of signing him? Quite honestly, Berto, I... I have not even heard of him before literally this this like past week and now it's just offering him money and more. It's like that makes little to no sense. I think sense it's to me. way too soon for him to have been gotten yes, a contract extension. When he was signed to the contract, the previous ten games prior to that contract, he was I think it was I'd have to double check, but seven of the last or the ten games before that contract was signed, he was under a 900 save percentage as well. Yeah, I mean, like, when he came over, it, like, people think of Iko Koskinen, like, anybody who's just unfamiliar with him, you might think, oh, he's younger. He's 30. Like, he'll be 31 in a few months. He's not a rookie. He's just, no. I mean, he was an Islanders like, draft like pick way back when. I not heard of him. Right, yeah. I mean, he, like I said, he's an Isles draft pick, I believe, a, a while ago. Like, he went to the KHL. I mean, he's obviously not a bad goaltender. But looking at his sample size, he had a great start to the year. He actually usurped Cam Talbot as a starter. In December, mm-hmm. he had like an 800 save percentage. Like, that's not an NHL starter. That's certainly not $4 million money, you know? No. Yeah, the only thing good about him is that he's spot six guy. foot seven. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he is a very monstrous Anders Lindback 2.0, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, Edmonton's definitely uh, something, you know? It's just. It hits after hits. It, I remember, Ten years it's been. It's been a decade since they released that short uh-huh. series oil change when, right before they drafted Niall Yakupov. Uh-huh. And it's the same guys in charge. Bob Nicholson, Daryl Cates, Keith Gretzky, and, and uh, yep. I think it's Paul Coffey's brothers there as well. But the, the old boys club, you know? But, I mean, honestly, you have to feel bad for Connor McDavid right now. It's, it's He's trying oh, to do yeah. the whole thing himself. It's, 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 it's literally... So much. Him and Dry Side and right now Darnell Nurse and then who else? I mean they've got yeah. guys in the system like Evan Bouchard and Yessi Pulyarvi and Kyler Yamamoto, but that's not right now. And this should be a, mm-hmm. any team with Connor McDavid should be a playoff at least somebody who's contending, a wild card team mm-hmm. at the worst. Yep. Yep. Th- this is what but happens. Then when again, you-, you look; they're only three points out of uh, you know right. wild card, so they're not like you know last but it's 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 still a little you know shocking well i i mean i've I've, there's been some theories going around i mean obviously this was sort of out there it doesn't sound like peter shirelli was necessarily the one making the final call like uh and this has been going on for a while like we said it was like the uh what they call the red wine club which is all the like the owners that have been there forever they sounds like they made the decision like the the trades are supposedly a group call peter shirelli uh fits the bill for it and it takes the blame if it's a bad move, and these guys get to keep making the decisions. Like that's where it lies. The problem is is within the team, and it's the ownership mm-hmm. getting too involved. Yes, I I think they should clean house because 
at, at this point, it's really clear that, yeah, Shirelli has been known for making horrendous trades, but it's not all just on him. Like you said, the old boys club definitely has a heavy hand in it. Oh, absolutely. And it's like, this is what happens when you trade a lot of your skilled players for big guys who get hit. I mean, the Taylor Hall trade's a pretty big scapegoat, but remember in Boston when he traded uh, Sagan for nothing. It was like Louis Erickson and... Uh, it it was Louis Erickson and something else, and then like pretty much everything that he got back in that trade is not even still on the team anymore. Basically, I mean, look at this trade now. They traded for um, Ryan Spooner. They traded away Ryan Strom, right? Mm-hmm. And... Ryan Spooner gets demoted, along with, uh, who's the other guy they demoted? Uh, Ty- Tyratty. Like, why? I mean, I-, I saw the other day, of course, this isn't 100% true. They essentially got nothing for the Eberly and Hall deals they did. I mean, Larson is playing like a subpar six guy right now. I- and it's not to say he's a bad defenseman. He's just not Taylor Hall. And what does that mean to need the worst right now? Scoring wingers. Y- you don't just get those, you know? Like, y- you had them and you traded them. Yeah, and Taylor Hall's the reigning uh, heart winner, so it's Which, definitely yeah. Like, like n- not even looking in hindsight, can you look at that trade and just say it was disastrous? Like from any way you could look at it, there was just no way that was going to end up in Edmonton's favor because even Adam Larson at his best isn't anywhere close to Taylor Hall's floor. He, he yeah, Adam Larson's ceiling is not a number one defenseman; it's a top four guy. He's not. It's not even that he's not an offensive guy. He's just not a top two guy. Like you in Edmonton he is. I would argue that ninety percent of the teams in the NHL, he's maybe a, a, a three, maybe a low end two guy, but he's definitely like a fringe top four guy, you know what I mean? Like And it's like he's really only a top four guy out of necessity. Mm-hmm. I mean, because outside of him and Nurse and uh Oh, I forget his name. He's on the IR right now. Clefbaum. Clefbaum. Clefbaum, yeah. Outside of, like, them, they're, like, even then, like, Clefbaum and Nurse, they aren't uh, franchise pillar elite defensemen. They're very good, but they're not, like, a number one bona fide uh, top pairing. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, and I guess another thing is, too, looking at that Milan Lucic deal, did anybody think that was good at the time, let alone now? Like,. What nope. are you going to do with that? No, there's there's no chance. You're given you're given almost I don't even know Kopitar esque money to a guy that can go out there and just, just hit hit people. No. Yeah, hit. And I mean, yeah, if like if you put me onto a line with you know Connor and. Leon, I will do as much as him. So like, yeah, it's not <laughs> he scored his first goal of the season, like at the start of twenty nineteen. I'm thinking his yeah. first or second, like it was crazy. It's that's just wow. It's like the only reason he got like he got signed that kind of deal was because they thought, ooh, he could score points and he get hit. But the only reason he could and score it, points yeah. was because he was on a line with either David Craigie or Bergeron, right? And obviously, mm-hmm. like both of those are the same kind of player, but they're uh, playmakers are always passionate puck and everything. So right. obviously he would have been able to put up points if he just standing in front of the net. Which is what gotta he remember did. too, he was a Sorelli connection as well from exactly. Boston. Um another team that's uh sort of I uh, I guess Edmonton is the bad right now. LA might be worse. I mean what they did with that Kovalchuk deal was pretty bad. 
that just mismanagement. They fired John Stevens. Was his name John Stevens, the coach? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, I couldn't even tell you who their GM right now is. Like, it's just a mess. Yeah, they definitely didn't need to blow up uh, the front office the way that they did. If anything, it was more like they just needed to change personnel. I mean, the Kings have a lot of very talented players, but the biggest issue is that they're all above the age of 30. Jonathan Quick, yep. your franchise goalie, is 31, 32. Yeah. Uh, Kopitar is 31. Dustin Brown's like 32, 33. Uh, Dowdy's getting there. Drew Dowdy's like 29. Yeah. Like and then there. Carter's like, what, 34? Yeah, like Carter's up Oh, there. yeah, Jeff Carter. He's getting on the later end. Not there. to mention they're still paying a, a bit of Mike Richards' contract, you know? Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, but it's like these They are, have no skating on their team either, even though they're young players. They're not the best yeah. of skaters. And, and I mean, like, we'll, we'll get to the other team that's sort of just kind of making moves for the sake of making moves in a second, which would be Anaheim. But, like, L.A., huh. I mean, how do you even fix that without doing it? Like, I, I, you got to do a full rebuild. You don't have any prospects in the system. I couldn't tell you who their top prospect is. It, Adrian Kempe? Like, is that their top prospect? If Kempe is their top prospect, right. then that's, that's a failure on the GM's mm-hmm. uh, drafting ability. 100%. Um, any other thoughts on LA before we move on? Because I know it was kind of. You know. What I would do is I would try to see what market I would be able to get for Jake Muzzin or Jeff Carter. That's a good idea. Or even Tyler Toffoli. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Tyler Toffoli is one of the only players they have that's not ludicrously aged, but also is somewhat consistent. I guess. It's not producing, no. Like, if anything, I would, like, I would try to trade. Uh, Brown over him. Do you trade Kovalchuk? I mean, I, you just signed him, but if, if you you're can. not a contender, why, like, yeah, why keep him? If you're not a contender, you're not going to want to play for Like, if you're, um, if you're not a well, contender, he won't want to play for you. Right. He wants to play for a no, winner, no. and he thought the Kings were a win- he thought the Kings were going to still be a winner. And yeah, they were a winner about four or five years ago. Like, real quick here, the three youngest people on the Kings right now are uh, are Adrian Kempe and Alex Ayafalo and uh, so that's nineteen ninety three and then Jack Campbell. <laughs> Which two of those players are bit pieces. Like, yeah, so I the Kings as of right now ish. Yeah. Ish, ish, ish. Um, so, I mean, I would say, like, the last really major sort of gong show team in the NHL right now is Anaheim, which, what's the old thing? Rearranging the deck chairs on the, on the Titanic, which exactly what they did. They had three moves in one day, and none of them were, I mean, who was it? Derek Grant for, uh, who, who did they get back for Derek Grant? I, I don't even know these trades that they've been doing. They're all, like, bottom half of the roster trades that right. really aren't going to do anything to fix the team because they're all on the bottom half of the roster. You know what the bottom half of the roster does? That's your checking line. That's your uh, defenseman that just go out there and hit and block shots. And it wasn't that long so ago. From, so, uh, hold on. So from January 3rd, so this year, uh, Anaheim got nobody for, for Jared um, Koru, right? Um, but for Detroit, for a while, yeah, yeah. Um, they got Devin Shore for Cogliano. Andrew yep, Cogliano, which I mean, that trade's kind of even. Yeah. I guess I wouldn't really consider that one to be anything Again, like Dexter's you know, on the, over on the, the Titanic. I mean, not yeah. a big piece. And then January sixteenth, they traded Justin Cluse for 
good old Pontus Aberg. So which that might be a decent trade. Pontus Aberg could like couldn't stop scoring in Edmonton, but he just wasn't getting ice no. time. Like he's he's no. a good player. It's just he, it seems like wherever he goes, trouble follows. He's one of those yeah. guys who's got a reputation. I think that's why he's not getting play time. The only trade within recent months, really, that has done anything for them is uh, is acquiring Sprong. Because I mean, right out of the gate, Sprong just was lighting up. But, Shocking, I mean, yeah, scoring where, where has he's been definitely in the last like ten or twelve games? Off. Yeah, he's definitely fallen off. But I mean. But I mean, look at how Marcus Peterson is producing for Pittsburgh mm-hmm. right now. He's taken yeah. Jack Johnson's plus minus and made it a whole feasible. Uh, yeah, feasible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and like uh, Parker, who mentioned to me uh, on earlier when we did the tester episodes for the show, John Gibson, as uh, as Parker phrased it, faces artillery fire night in and night out. Which yep. I don't think there's a better way to put it. He literally just. Tie me to the to the net and let's go. Like that's just what it is. And that's kind of unacceptable yeah. with the defensemen that you have out there too. I mean, they have good they have good defensemen. But and here's the thing: Boise and Randy Carlisle defensive right. system. Right. And here's another thing: they're, they're an aging team. Corey Perry, IR. Ryan Getzlaff, older. Ryan Kessler exists. Yeah. Ryan Kessler is interesting because he wasn't even supposed to play this season. right because of his hip. He, he they said he might not play again. Like that was what it came down to. Yeah. So, so right now, actually, I think he's on the IR again mm-hmm. right now. But Fowler's yeah. been on the IR for like the whole season, <laughs> and yeah. that's another big hit to that team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Corey Perry might be coming back, but he's not Corey Perry. Right. Anymore. Which version of Corey Perry no. is it? Corey Perry, the nine million dollar player, or Corey Perry, the current? Iteration of Corey Perry. I, I think know? it's the current iteration, especially after coming off an injury mm-hmm. and. Yeah, that's like I would try to see what trade market I could get for either of those two players because mm-hmm. you could still get a decent amount for Ryan Kessler because a like you're going to get leadership intangibles off the ice and b you're going to get a guy who could get massive amounts of faceoffs. He's more or less like a very good healthy. version, a very good His version contract of Antoine too, though. Yeah, he does get paid like I want to say it's like at least it's over six. I, I know it's over six. Yeah. It's- Six, mm. It's like 6.5, 6.75. Yeah. His so contract's worse than the Kovalchuk contract, and if we think we yeah. can't move the Kovalchuk contract, you're definitely not moving Right, because Kovalchuk can at least put skates on, whereas Kessler, <laughs> maybe? Yeah. Um, oh, I, I, I can see Buffalo maybe making a move for him. So, what, no. what, one other thing I wanted to talk about for hockey this uh, show was, what do you guys think of the trade deadline candidates? Like the, I, I mean, there's quite a few this year. One of the big ones is obviously, uh, you know, kind of, important to me is Derek Broussard has not worked out with the Penguins I mean Jim Absolutely you could probably not. yeah you can probably give us some insight of this Derek Broussard's just kind of in there you know yeah uh, Jim Rutherford isn't very high on Broussard like he said in the past uh, I know we brought him in to fit him with Kessel and obviously that hasn't worked him out um but uh yeah it's it's really I don't know what we would get for him another third line center maybe but I don't know I mean, Rutherford's worked his magic before. I don't. I don't doubt that he's going to do it again. Like one thing that I had seen was uh, there, there's a pretty decent opportunity for them to cash in here. Winnipeg, who wanted to get um, Mike Hoffman last season at the deadline, and also isn't on Derek Broussard. 
Uh, I mean, you could flip Derek Broussard there, and that Jack Roslovic um, guy. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a perfect fit. Cheaper. Winnipeg's got the sell cap, at least to my knowledge. Take Broussard on. I feel like it's a win-win for both sides. You know. But in look, I've heard that even Winnipeg has been interested in Olimata the past two seasons. You know. Yeah. Why? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I know Chris's favorite player here, but <laughs> I don't need to throw him under the bus. But I I don't know. It, it's. I like Mata at, at some points, but most of the time when you see an odd man break, break it's Mata who's on the ice letting that up. If there's look, a hill I'm willing to die on, Ole Mata is that hill. Look, <laughs> look, Ole Mata's, what, 26? 24. 24? Yeah. Look, at some point, you, ha- you have to stop saying that he's going to keep developing. I may or may not have predicted he would win the Norris a few seasons ago. Rough. That was a mistake. It, it, it's been it's been a rough couple seasons for me. Wasn't that the season where he was like injured for most of the year? Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, another big deadline candidate this season. Uh, I guess would you consider Wayne Simmons a big candidate? I mean, he's coming off of a three million dollar deal. Wayne he's probably one of the top on the list. Yeah, I mean he's I mean he's having a rough season, but like Philly is Phillying. So I mean, what what, what can you really attribute to Wayne Simmons? Philly is Phillying. There's yeah. a lot of decent names on the list this year. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I we definitely can't get to all of them. Um, the only one I, I really wanted to get your guys' opinion on with the we talked about the Koskinen deal at the start of the show. Cam Talbot's got to go, right? Like you can't yeah. pay your golden tandem nine million dollars. What if we're going to be paying them? Eight million dollars between like, the two of them. Yeah, right. I, I mean, to me, Philly seems like a perfect destination for Cam Talbot. Right? They need a goalie. Isn't Cam Talbot? Mm-hmm. He's already been part. He's already been talked to about a trade. What? Is it Cam he's Talbot he's willing to go team? anywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's a free agent at the end, but no, no. But like, isn't he younger than Koskinen? They're like the same age. Like maybe oh, by yeah, a few I'm months. Sure but Talbot's thirty-one. Yeah, oh, I think, sure. I, he Talbot is thirty-one. Which yeah. again, what is with Edmonton and giving the starting gig to guys without any sort of body work? Ben Scrivens. Like, yeah, <laughs> big Ben Scrivens. Hey, he has the, like the, the the franchise record for most shots at a shutout. Hey. He's like sixty five, and then he went uh, to the yeah. KHL. That is also a record too. Is so it? He's, he's, yep, he's got that fifty nine save shutout. You know Ben Scrivens, the uh, the hero. You've and heard? then he went to the KHL right after. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, it, it's rough, but. Edmonton, you know, we had our fun with Edmonton. Cam yeah. Talbot just needs to get a fresh start. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens there. A fresh start at 31 is going to be tough, though. Yeah, well, strange things have happened. Ilya Kovalchuk yeah. exists. Martin St. Louis exists. So, um, I, I guess we're sort of off the hockey now. Uh, no, no real segue, but what do you guys think of that uh, unanimous Hall of Fame ballot from Mariano Rivera? Deserved. Yeah. 100% deserved. The only thing I will say is he shouldn't be the first ever unanimous decision. Right. He shouldn't have been. Right, right. But that being said, for the circumstance, it was a no-brainer. And um, remind me, I, I, I'm, I'm going to try not to mess this up. It was uh, Rivera, Edgar Martinez, Mike Mussina, and Roy Halladay this year, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Correct. Which I think those are all decent. I'm not a huge Mussina proponent, per se, but I guess it's cool he got in. Messina's yeah, made big jumps the last few years. Yeah, he's he's been on the ballot the last couple of years, and I the the work that he did with Baltimore and then coming to the Yankees. I mean, God forbid he never won a championship, but uh, with the the work that he did when he was playing, he he I wholeheartedly agree that he deserved it. Oh yeah, this year. I I mean like no. 
I don't know if you saw, he's actually going into the hall without a logo on his cap. At least that's what I read. Yep. And so is Halliday, too. Oh, is he? That's cool. Yeah. Halliday's oh. family decided that. Yo, I told you were going to. Oh, okay. No, I, I, was, I was just waiting. But, like, kind of, kind of morbid, maybe, I guess, but I'm not sure. Why does this happen? Why does the moment somebody pass away is when everybody decides to start shedding light onto everything that they've done? Well, like, I, I, why do they always wait until he's gone? This is like the, one of the first couple of years that Halliday was eligible, though, I'm pretty sure, right? Well, on uh, Halliday, this was his first year he could be inducted. Right. As predicted, okay. he was probably going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. As he should have okay. been, the doc, you know? All right. Which, uh, and I mean, Edgar Martinez, I'll be honest with you, I probably should be more familiar with him. I'm not, but I, I know he definitely uh, deserves to be super utility, you know? My view on that one, Edgar Martinez is going to open the door big time for designated hitters getting into the hall. For sure. Yep. I mean. Because they do not get the respect. <clears throat> In some ways, you can uh, understandably argue it. They don't play the defensive end of the game. They don't play all your playoff games because you're, well, especially if you make the finals or whatever, National League, American League, don't have designated hitters on the other side. Plus that being said, and I mean, he, for DH, his numbers. Oh, for sure. I mean, like a DH, just real quick. The thing is, it's like any other position, you can at least get by with one thing or the other. Like some guys are better hitting into their later years. Some guys are better fielders. <laughs> with a DH, you have to be Good enough to make the team and DH your entire career. Like, that's what comes Exactly. And another thing, too, when you look at the Hall of Fame, I don't know how familiar some people are, but just as a broad estimate anyways, from what you've heard in your lifetime, from the type of players that get into the Hall, how many have been, you know, almost purely with decent offense, but been all defense making the Hall? Right. To where <clears throat> that's the argument against designated hitters, which Edgar Martinez, I think, is going to break. Don't need to... Clearly, to make the hole, you don't have to have stellar defense or play it at all. Your numbers, your offensive numbers are what... Well, for one, obviously, fans love that. Right. But also, it's just... <clears throat> you hit the many home runs as he does for the average he did. Doing what you did for the team. You deserve to be there no matter what. Just like Ortiz will be the next DH to make it in. Right, and actually, I wanted to get everybody's opinion. Who do you guys think? I'll go around the table here in order. Who do you guys think is going to be the next unanimous Hall of Famer? I mean, uh, I, Parker just grimaced in fear over there. So I'm going to start with uh, Jim. Who, who who do you think is going to be the next unanimous if there's going to be one? Jeter. Do you think so? 100% Jeter. Um, you know, a lot of people hate him. A lot of people love him. Um, but for what he did to the game from when he started to when he retired, I mean, I was there for his last official game, and I'm pretty sure that entire stadium had tears in their eyes when, mm -hmm. you know, he, he won that game on a walk-off. Um, but, yeah, I think what he did for baseball during his time, I think that he's probably going to be another first ballot and, you know, unanimous, just like uh, Mo. How about uh, Aaron? Uh. I would definitely agree. He gets in next year, I believe. think he's on it next so, year. Yeah. So. And he should be just a unanimous. It's undoubt He's undoubtedly one of the greatest in history in the game. How about you, Dylan? I'm going to have to say the same. I don't, I don't really know much uh, like about baseball, but whenever you really 
talk to anybody or you hear anything about it, it's his name and it's only a chosen other, you know, few. So Right. I mean, um I, I would probably have to say Jeter as well. One other name that I think eventually will be unanimous. Maybe it's a wild card. I think Ichiro will eventually get in unanimously. I think he's really well respected for what he's done, but that's just me. Once he does decide to retire because he's coming back this year. Of course he is. <laughs> yeah. for the, for the, when they go to Korea or whatever, right? He's coming back for that series, so it's kind of cool. He, he's playing, yeah. He's, he's a minor league contract. Signed and, it last week. and Parker, how about you? I mean, I know he's not eligible for another three years, but I think maybe Mike Trout. Could be. That's a long time away. That's that's yeah, early. I know, hundred <laughs> percent. Hey, we waited. He ain't retiring we, for a minimum ten years. Well, hey, we waited this long for uh, one unanimous. Right. So, well, to be fair, the, it was different back really in the day. Safe. But Ken Griffey should have been the first ever. Yeah, for sure. If not Babe Ruth. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you could see. I think Ortiz and Jeter are in the same class, right? So you might see the first unanimous back to back. Potentially, like two guys in the same draft class. Potentially, if, if, yeah, Hall of Fame draft class, if you will. We, uh, I'm gonna disagree simply because, just like I talked about before, the designated hitter doesn't get the respect it should. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I will say one guy we should all agree on that's gonna be unanimous: Bartolo Colon. How could you not vote in Big Sexy? You know, he won't even say his name on his plaque. It will just say Big Sexy. It, it should. It should just be him hitting that walk-off home run. And running the bases at three miles an hour, which I mean, you know. can, can I propose one more mini topic about this kind of thing? Sure. The PED players, do you uh, think they make it? May, may I just interrupt and say Parker just left the room and shut off the lights, so I'm not sitting in the dark. But uh, I think we've broken Parker, <laughs> uh, perhaps. <laughs> so you know. Well, that's our uh, show. No, in, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, Aaron, you're in, in about regards the to the PEDs. Uh, and when it's I say that, obviously, Clemens. A-Rod. A-Rod. Clemens, yeah. A-Rod, and... Uh, Bonds? Was it Bonds? Bonds. Bonds, yeah. Yeah, yeah Barry Bonds. Yeah. Now, like, they were expected to make a big jump this this ballot. Right. And they only they still didn't break into the 60s. They were both at 59 point something. And they were expected to get more votes simply because of the younger generation. Now, that being said, do you think they make it? Do you think they deserve to make it? Do you think they should? If if they do do get in, you, you go in with an asterisk next yeah, to the name, yeah. just just to make it known. Um, it's it, it's a it's a tough topic to to even think about <clears throat> due to the fact because if you do let them in, then look at um, you know anybody who's going to get suspended for eighty some games this year. You know, there's going to be at least one or two. Yeah. That, that get caught with a random drug test. Mm-hmm. Um, the only the only light that I can shed on that is that even even if you are using them, you 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 still have to have some level of knowing the game and actually knowing it and actually knowing it better than everybody else. Like you know, you still have to do ninety nine point eight percent of everything right. So yeah, I mean personally for me. Anybody who was named to that Mitchell report and anybody from this point on, I, I don't think he should be in the Hall. I, A-Rod's one of my favorite players of all time, but I, even him, I don't think he should be in. Just plain and simple. See, my two not arguments, because if it were up to me, I would say no as well, because especially in baseball, it can inflate things a little bit, depending how you look at it. But 
as Dylan pointed out, you do have to have some skill no matter what. Mm-hmm. And especially in the case of Bonds, Clemens, and even A-Rod, they had skill at the game. True. You can tell on the field before they even did it. Like before they were proven to have done it, their numbers were great. Yep. And the one thing I'll, I argue too, even if you say, okay, PEDs, they're a cheat, whatever. It was the PED era they were doing, well, more so to Clemens and uh, Bonds, the PED right. era they were playing in, where it was done a lot. Mm-hmm. At the same time, isn't the Hall of Fame about the history of the game? Right. And if you look at that, these guys were a part of history, mind you, a bad part, dark part, whatever you want to look at it, but it was a part of the history of the game. So you could put them in, and I'd agree with the even the asterisk thing. Mm-hmm. I'll put that beside their name. But I do think they should make it, and I think in the end, their very last year of eligibility for the ballot, I believe they'll get voted in simply because, you know, the way that I look at it is they said, okay, we made these guys wait long enough. Let them in. But make a new wing, like a, you know, a peds wing, as you, as you would say, um, and have them go into that. Just, I mean... You know, it's still going to be the Hall of Fame, but it, you have to be recognized that you did it. Right. Yeah. And, um, I mean, sort of to segue a little bit, going back to um, Parker's earlier comment about Mike Trout entering the Hall of Fame. Uh, we're going to talk. Or? Yeah, he is. He's, he's re entered. Okay. We're going to talk about the way too early MLB predictions for this season. So um, I'm going to go around the table, and, and here's what I want everyone to do. Going to have a little bit of an experiment here, if you will. Go ahead, Parker. You want to say something? Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> We're waiting. Tampa Bay Rays are going to make the the playoffs. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So that's not true. But uh, so I'm going to go around. Like I said, I want everybody to give me your boldest prediction. So Parker, go ahead. Cleveland Indians make a deep run and win. Hey, history finally, Jim. Um, Yanks are going to get back to the World Series this year. Aaron. Uh, I'd say. It's not even a bold prediction. It's a pretty easy prediction, but Boston's in the World Series again. Wow. How bold of you. Yeah. Ooh, that's <laughs> the reigning World Series winners. That must have that must have taken you a while to figure out. <laughs> D- Dylan, how about you? Uh, I'm going to go even further here and say that the most powerhouse teams that you usually have, you know, i.e. Yankees, Boston, everything, Boston's going to slip. I, I, don't, I don't see them... They might make the playoffs, but they it'll be close. So my bold one, Aaron Judge is gonna win the triple crown. Quote it. Aaron Judge. <laughs> yep. Hmm. Parker's uh thinking over there. I can hear the gears turning. <laughs> I can he's smell not, the smoke from here. Yeah. He's not a racist. Okay, you want a real bold prediction? I'll top yours, Chris. Okay. Kyle Schwarber wins a triple crown. <laughs> yeah, he's going to play in the uh, in the MLB first, you know. So, you know. <laughs> um, and of course, we couldn't have a show. Speaking of way early predictions, without talking about Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, please we're figure still, it out. We're still talking about this. Oh, I can't help it that I didn't sign until the the next World Series. You know, like. So, I mean, I could go around the table and ask everybody where they think they're going to sign, but like at that point, it's just fruitless. If anybody has any comments on the topic, here's my comment. Figure it out. My prediction, if I am to make one, would be Machado, Chicago White Sox. And 
Harper, I say Philly. Yeah. If I if I had to say probably Harper, uh, I I don't know why, but I have this feeling that he's going to go back to Washington, just because hmm. he's going to test the waters, see what he could get offer wise, and then if he doesn't want to get the money that he's going to ask for, go back to Washington one more year. Um, Machado, so let's just throw the dark horse in there. Uh, St. Louis. I mean, hmm. if I were to make a prediction here, I, I guess I would say like. Machado maybe to the White Sox and uh, I don't know Bryce Harper's gonna do something crazy he'll probably sign with Jerry DePoto and play for the Mariners or something <laughs> and then he'll get traded a day later I also won't be surprised if either one go to yeah any other predictions for that um, I mean yeah it, it's kind of a crazy offseason I think most people assume they would be signed by the time pitchers and catchers report which is a couple days from now which, yeah no kidding it's about 20 20 days around? Yeah, which, I mean, they don't have to, but, like, time's ticking. Come on. Like, I just don't we, understand what We went doing. into this offseason as those two as the biggest, like, headline going into free agency opening up and, you know. There's been, like, nothing. No progress, barely. Yeah. Other I mean, than this team's come in, this team's jumped out, and then this team's come back in again and again and again. <laughs> Dodgers, uh... <laughs> Yeah, I just I just don't understand what they're waiting for. Um, well, so that kind of uh, segues us to uh, our last topic of the day. So the new segment on the show for the first ever show, what I would like to call the final whistle. So uh, again, sort of roundtable style. No, it's kind of probably getting old at this point, but you know, first show stuff. Um, we're gonna go on the table. I want everybody to give me your most surprising and most disappointing team in the Big Five. The Big Five, of course, the NHL, the NBA, the NFL, the MLB, or or any of the soccer leagues. Just give me your most disappointing team or player or whatever and most surprising. So, Parker, we'll start with you. Most surprising would probably be the New York Islanders. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure, they got Barry Trotz, and Barry Trotz is one of the best hockey coaches, but still, it's really eye-popping to see a team that everyone expected to be in the basement to have, like, I believe they're in a wild-card spot right now? They're leading the division. Oh, yeah. they're yeah, leading first. the division right now when they were projected to be in the basement of their division. Yeah, friend of the show, Gino, you can actually taste the salt from his timeline on Twitter right now. <laughs> yeah, John Tavares this, John Tavares that. <laughs> The snake. And uh, the most disappointing team, uh, I was going to say the Raiders, but I would say the German uh, national soccer team in the World Cup. I, I could see that. I, I'm really surprised anybody else here went with soccer. I, I, I could definitely give you that. If not them. Because I, they were the defending champions, and I figured mm-hmm. they would at least make something of a run. And they lost to South Korea. Well, I, I mean, like, and you look at that team, whenever you've got a healthy Manuel Neuer, which I believe they did for the World Cup, plus, I mean, half of FC uh, Bayern Munich is literally the German national team. And under, I believe it's Julian Favre, who's the coach there? I might be I might be wrong there. But that's a good team, and even the German national team is even better. I just don't understand how they don't win it all every year, you know? They're, they're a really good team. They, 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 they didn't even make it out of the uh, group stage. Yeah. I my, mean, my one point on that, even if you didn't think Germany was going to win it, no one, and if they said they predicted it, they were lying, thought they were not going to make it out of group stage. Right. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, USA losing to Trinidad and Tobago, a little more reasonable than Germany not making it out of group stage. So, yeah. 
Still uh, not reasonable, but you know, more reasonable. Uh, how about you, uh, Jim? What, what, what do you think was the two what, most surprising, most disappointing? Uh, most surprising, I definitely have to go with Parker on this one with the Islanders. Um, okay. They they surprised, I mean, not only me, but practically the entire NHL with just even Barry Trotz taking over that team. Uh, more, you know, more power to Trotz. They're, they're killing it this year. Uh, disappointing, I'd probably have to go with the Green Bay Packers. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, and... You know our, our buddy Josh, who is a a big Packers fan, uh, the will show, be yep. on the show at, at some point. Um, I, I could tell that he's still fuming from this this past season. Yes. Um, just into the later part of the season, yeah he he was he was pretty. Uh, as <laughs> he was early pretty as yesterday, of, he was ranting about them again. So oh, when, yeah. when he comes on, I'm sure he'll have a lot to say. Well, yeah, that head coaching hire was kind of. Oh, he'll have more than lots to say. Uh, and how about uh, Dylan? Uh, you go next. Um, well, I'll start with my biggest surprise and call me biased, but I mean, Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. Last year, bottom five, the year, actually bottom three, the year before that, same thing, bottom three. And then all of a sudden this year, everybody just, Hey, hockey. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, hockey. Go on literally 10 games. They just start whooping everybody and we, we literally played like we used to back in the old red and black days. So, yeah. I mean, the slug we've days. kind of fallen off since. But, I mean, every team kind of goes through that. And then um, probably for my biggest disappointment, uh, got to think about this one because there was quite a lot of them. There were. Um, I'm probably going to go with the Raiders. Because yep. they go from last year being into a playoff spot. I mean, their car can't do everything, but this year they were abysmal four and twelve. Like that's you got to have some team, you know, to actually play, and nobody showed. Absolutely well, nobody. And I mean, to touch on the, the Derek Carr topic, sorry to cut you off there, Chris, but um, I don't know if any of you guys saw it in the news the past couple of days. The yeah, Derek Carr. About yeah, yeah the, yep. uh, with um, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, even A. <laughs> that's exactly what I was gonna say. Oh. He wants to take him to a UFC fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd pay good money to see that. <laughs> I would too. That would be a hoot. Dana White, if you're listening to the show, make it happen. The right, funny make thing, it happen. The funny thing with the Raiders is that the whole reason why they fired Jack Del Rio is because the team was underperforming with him at the mm-hmm. helm, and then they bring in Gruden, and then he just blows up the entire team. Yeah, trading Khalil Mack, call me crazy, not a great deal, you know? No. Um, Aaron, how about you? We didn't get to you yet, right? Nope. Okay, no. go ahead. Aaron and then you, Bert. Uh, my big surprise is, I would say Buffalo, but I actually predicted them to do better, not this. But my big surprise, definitely Calgary. Yeah. For me. For the Calgary Flames, that is. Simply because... Hey, we expect everyone for the most part expected improvements, but not first in the division improvement. Mm-hmm. Right. Second in the league, yeah. Uh, so it's just surprising. I mean, their players are wicked, are doing wicked. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, my no brainer disappointment is Edmonton. Yeah. Because how, how, how do you mess up having McDavid and Dreisaitl for that matter? And perform 
so, so, so poorly every single night. I don't even know how they're only three points out of the, the playoffs. McDavid, this team that's plays yeah. like no, there, there's, there's no, there's just nothing. There's right. no chemistry. Right. It doesn't look like McDavid doesn't even know chemistry of the line mates. It is literally McDavid and McDavid and McDavid. That's his line. <laughs> yeah. With you know, Dry whoever the hell they want to throw yeah. with them. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's just sad. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I mean, me personally, Parker, he, you want to say something? He accounts. The funny thing with Dave is that he accounts for like, like two thirds, like three fourths of the teams. He accounts for more points. Yeah, more than it's half like of an obscene amount. He only has like two games without a point this season, or something like that, or like four games without a point. Got to be something close to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, for me personally, the most disappointing team. Going back to soccer a little bit is uh, Real Madrid. I mean, they're fourth in the La Liga right now, which to me, Real Madrid, even with losing Ronaldo, they still have Vinicius Jr., they still have Luka Modric, and I mean, even Karen Benzema. Plus, they just got uh, Thibaut Courtois, which I think they should have been a lot better than they are right now. And I mean, I don't think in the uh, La Liga a fourth place finish is worth a Champions League spot either. I'm pretty sure it's only for the Premiership. So to me, that's the most disappointing as far as that goes. And uh, Parker's pulled up the Croatian national team because he heard Luka Modric. He's very excited about that one. And <laughs> to me, the most surprising, I think surprising to everybody in the NFL, is uh, Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. I mean, I think they were expected to do better yeah, than one this season, but I, I don't think they're expected to at least be this. They're, they're definitely miles ahead now. Yeah, definitely. I can agree. This, this performance from them this season was actually pretty surprising. I mean, I was cheering for them just after game one when they uh, they tied the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, you know, a shock to everybody. But uh, I cheered for them after that just because I wanted to see their beer coolers open up because I thought that was the coolest thing. Yeah. The entire year. <laughs> you got to support the fan base somehow. Just to touch on that, too. After that tie with Cleveland and the Steelers, I predicted this uh, Steelers season would be a very, very bad fall. Yeah pretty rough well i mean we'll you know i don't want to touch on it too much because i don't want to want to sound like a homer but yeah antonio brown's probably not going to be a Steeler next year unless they somehow patch stuff up lev bell i mean what can you say about that colts <laughs> baby yeah I, I guess we'll say i don't know but uh, there's no way he doesn't end up on the colts yeah uh, if anybody else had anything else to say anything sports wise you guys want to bring up I'm upset uh, you didn't talk about Team Croatia at all. Yeah, we're, we're not going to talk about Team Croatia in the middle of January. <laughs> <laughs> so good, though. Anybody Cinderella else? story. Yeah, sure. Uh, Adam Vinatieri coming back for one more season as the Indian. Uh, yeah, he goat. doesn't want to leave. Vindog. The real goat. He, he is a living legend. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Um, yeah, pretty much. Uh Real quick, hot take, Super Bowl. We got Berto. Um, well, we're going to talk about this next show as well, but I'll give you my quick oh. one. Um, you know, I've been saying for a while the Rams are going to lose. I think the Rams are going to get a twenty-one nothing shutout over the Patriots. Book it. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. Park. I already, I already know you got the pads. Parker, so. God. If you yeah. pick anything other than the Pats, then you are wrong. So I think I'm you, sorry. You fix the Patriots. Whatever. Yeah, no question. Aaron, book it. Aaron, uh, for the first time ever, you'll. First time ever you'll hear me say this. I want the Pats to win, and the Pats will win. Dylan, I, I, uh, I hate New England so much, so 
but if I would put my house on to the bet, I would pick them because they're already going to win. So, And I wonder who you're going to pick, Jim. Um, <laughs> you know, honestly, I've been thinking about it the last couple of days. As much as I would want to see New England win a sixth, I, I'm more than likely it's probably going to happen. But um, I'd also probably like to see the Rams win as well. I, I, I'm, I, it's like a toss-up for me. I, I've been following Gurley. All season, I mean, he's he's been a monster for LA, um, but I, I definitely, I it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a fun close game, definitely. For sure. Old but prediction: the Saints get a redo and play. <laughs> oh, <that'd be laughs> yeah, awesome. well, you know, that'd be nice. But we'll, we we'll touch on that next week. Oh, that's a whole different. <laughs> yeah, we got the football episode coming up next week, as I as we all just famously plugged. Uh, I believe we have on Parker as well as uh, friend of the show, um, not Zach. That we, that's from Ontario. We have another friend named Zach who will be joining us, as well as Josh and maybe a couple of the guys on the show. Still got to do some scheduling. And um, as well as in a couple of weeks, we'll be doing the Ducks on the Pondcast, which will be the baseball episode. Sort of uh, basically just going to be like the Super Bowl episode, except for baseball, all baseball the whole time. A lot, a lot of fun there. Um, but yeah, so that's that's our show for today. Thank you all for listening to our official first episode. Um, we had some technical difficulties the previous time we recorded, so this is our actual first one. And I want to thank Jim, Dylan, Aaron, Barker, of course, for coming on the show and uh, you know kind of coordinating this. I think it was a good show. Yeah, yeah, I definitely yeah, agree. Had a, had a lot of fun. Look forward good to your episodes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we hope to everyone back. I'm sure we'll have you guys on in, in, in no time. We have some pretty good guests lined up shortly, but uh, I mean, there's always time to have more people on the show. But uh, once again, that's our show for today. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Daft Picks. Uh, you can also follow us. I have the Twitter handles for everybody laid out right there on the same page. Keep up to date for the next show. I believe we're recording not next week, but maybe the week after. I have to work on the details still a little bit, but uh, any updates, we'll let you know. Uh, thanks for listening to the Daft Picks podcast, and we'll see you next time.